Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Okay, here we go. This is the Wednesday edition of the Danny Mac Show on 101 ESPN. And that is BK. BK, you better get off that phone and you better start paying attention, baby. I'm with you, Dan. Because we're rocking and rolling on a Wednesday. You know that. It's a hump day. That's what I'm talking about. And it's St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day, man. Happy St. Patrick's Day for you as well. Uh, we celebrate things a little bit differently now in Kansas City. It is actually St. Uh, Patrick Mahomes Day in Kansas City today. Um, Dan, I, I heard that you why. had some some rough rough nights over the last couple of oh, nights with, uh, with Doug the dog. Been tough, baby. Been tough. You know I got a soft spot in my heart for Doug. But, uh, yeah, Doug could be on the, uh, on the outs here pretty soon if he doesn't shape up. No, I would never kick out <laughs> Doug the dog. I love him too much. But uh, the time change has not been good for him. You know, spring forward, he he just hasn't bought in on that one. He doesn't like that. And uh, he doesn't like the fact that the kids are down, running around in spring break. So he's trying to figure out what's going on here. You know, he's a puppy. So he's figuring like 3 o'clock a.m. is the new 3 p.m. Oh, that's what yeah, I'm into. I think that's what he's at. And yeah. uh, that, that doesn't work for daddy. On the plus side, it's not like you are on a normal sleep schedule, uh, sleeping eight hours a night. No. So this isn't a massive change for you. You're probably just getting, you know, an extra uh, about 30 minutes less per night than you usually would. For me, this would be a dramatic shift. Yeah, I just, oh, Doug, 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 Doug. (laughs) Yesterday, last night, not many hours ago, wasn't real happy with him. Let's just put it that way. But we got through it. So here we are, BK. Um, we're going to visit with Mike Claiborne. We're going to go uh, down to Jupiter and visit with the Cardinal broadcaster. I have a, a burning question for him. I mean, this is a really important one. Mm-hmm. So sometimes during the games, you may or may not hear me slip in a line or two from coming to America. Okay. So I may slip a line in. You, you may not know it, but it's in there. And it, I mean, inevitably, my phone will blow up with Mike Claiborne saying, I got it, you know, he or he'll follow up a gift or something. You know what I mean? It's coming. We have been talking about coming to America, too, for years. Sure. So I haven't seen it yet. I wanted to see it with him. And uh, obviously the pandemic hit, and I'm not sure if he's seen it yet. So that's my number one question. Then we'll get into baseball. So that's a really burning question that I have for Mike Claymore coming up. I mean, up. we have to get to that. There's <laughs> spring training going on. Jack Flaherty was on the mound yes. for the Cardinals yesterday. Paul DeYoung finally seems yeah. like he may have been able to click th- some things in offensively. I like but it. But really the big, the, the hard-hitting questions yep. that we need to get to with one of like maybe 10 people that's actually watching the Cardinals on a daily basis. That's right. We need to ask him about his thoughts on a movie that came out three months ago. Actually, it was like (laughs) about a week ago. So he's got a little time here. Okay. But that's what we do here on this show. You know, we get to the nitty gritty. All right. I brought this up on the crossover. Want to get your thoughts. Um, And I'll, I'll phrase it this way. It's kind of a question that is, well, basically it's this. Who else and it can be a Cardinal, but maybe your top five players that you're really interested in watching across Major League Baseball 
this year. And I started thinking about this because I was thinking yesterday when we were talking about Alex Reyes, I was like, man, I'm not sure there's anybody else I really want to watch pitch coming out of a bullpen this year. There's not many. Jordan Hicks is one of them because of the oddity of throwing 102 to maybe 105 before it's all said and done. I think a lot of people find that intriguing across the game. But Alex Reyes, with the history there, is somebody I want to watch. And then I started thinking on the broader picture of things, who are the other players that I cannot wait to watch in the game today? And there's a lot of, and I think we live in such a great baseball town and sports town in general. A lot of people follow the game. And if you're into, you know, playing the various types of, Uh, Leagues, you're following all kinds of different players. So I came up with some different players that, and it could be for a personal reason too. Like one of my guys that I'm looking forward to watching and I will follow this year is Austin Gomber. And Austin Gomber has put together a hell of a spring right now for the Colorado Rockies. Again, it's spring, but believe me, there's some, there's some pressure on him because he's the guy that goes back in the Arenado deal. He's finally healthy. He's going to be in their rotation. I'm interested to see how he performs. I also know him on a personal level. I like him a lot. I want to see him do well. I want to see Shohei Otani. He is hit now two over the backdrop and over 480 feet. Now that's that's hard to do. He's almost hit again yesterday. Yeah, 488 yesterday. I want to watch him. I always want to watch Trout. I want to see what Albert Pujols does in his final year. Uh, that that's something that intrigues me. Randy Arozarena. Is it a flash in the pan of what we saw in the postseason last year? The speed, the power, the combination of what he did took baseball by storm. I think that's something that is of interest. What do the Royals do with Witt? I, I want to see him play. And we're and, talking about Bobby Witt Jr., not correct. Whit Merrifield. Correct. Bobby, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You gotta gotta separate the two. So Bobby Witt Jr., who has taken the, the Royals by storm. Does he break with them? Do they start his clock? And the Royals historically have started players, their clocks, and not said, hey, we're going we're gonna to hold them back. What, is, what do the Mariners do with some of their young players after the comments made by their front office of saying, yeah, we're going to hold guys back. We're not going to start their clocks. We're not going to do that. Well, now you're on the clock. To me, you got to play these guys if they're ready to come out. and You can't do that. So do you start that um, now? Those are just some of the guys that I'm thinking about. Max Scherzer's another one, a St. Louisan that's in the final year of his deal. He's hitting 96 the other day against the Cardinals and looked fantastic. I love watching him pitch. I love watching Jacob DeGrom pitch, who's always up for the Cy Young. I think he's fascinating with his length to the to the plate. He was hitting 106 different times in the first inning the other day for the Mets. So those are some of the names that I'm thinking about. How about for you? So the number one guy on my list is somebody that you did not mention. It's Wander Franco, the top prospect in all of baseball. For sure. At some point this year, I would suspect we're going to see him. Might not be opening day, but at some point this year, we'll see him. I just want to see what that looks like because I've been hearing about him now for two, three years. He's been the top prospect basically that entire time, and there's been nothing to change anybody's opinion on him. So if Bobby Witt Jr., guy that you just mentioned, isn't claiming that top spot over Wander Franco, man, this guy must be the real deal. So I'm really excited to see what he brings. Fernando Tatis Jr., it's the layup. I'm just going to go ahead and throw him on my list. He's Everybody on my list wants too. to watch him. He's unbelievable. Nothing more needs to be said. Jacob DeGrom. That's he one of my guys. looks amazing in spring training. He's hitting 98, 99 miles per hour on the gun. BK hit 106 times, I believe, the other day in the first inning. And I... 
it's Jacob DeGrom. Like, yeah. I want to see what that looks like with this newly made Mets team. Can they actually compete this year? Are they actually the best team in that division? Like, there are a lot of people that are still sticking with the Braves. The Mets have plenty of firepower both in that rotation and in the lineup to be able to compete. Another guy that is maybe out of left field a bit. How about Lance Lynn? I want to see what Lance Lynn looks like this season because I was reading uh, Jeff Passan earlier today. He wrote a column on his predictions for the 2021 Major League Baseball season. And his final prediction, Dan, was that there will be zero starting pitchers this season that throw at least 200 innings. If there's going to be one, I bet you it's Lance Lynn. And so that's why he's on my list. I think he's the one guy that I could look at and say, maybe he gets to 200 innings this year. And let's think of why. Um, Workhorse always has been, was so last year, wants the ball, does not want to come out of games, and you have a manager that, yes, he's 76, and yes, he's adapting with the times, but yes, he's going to go with the eye test a lot. It's Tony. (laughs) And if, if his guy is out there that he knows he's had him before, uh, I think he rides him out. I, I'm with you. I think that's a good choice that if you're thinking about guys that could get you to the 200 any mark, certainly would be Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, by the way, had some comments about St. Louis the other day that were really interesting. Really, He said, um, he said, man, I finally really reflect on my time in St. Louis. Now, obviously I'm paraphrasing and I really appreciate now what was happening when I first came up 2011 win the World Series. I'm a big part of it. 2012, we're a game away. 13, we're back in the World Series. 14, NLCS. He said, I, I miss that. He said, I didn't realize how good it was, and it's it's really hard to get there. And he said, now you look at the White Sox and having Tony back and the edge that they have. Now I kind of feel it again, and I want to get back. But it was it was a nice compliment about what he had here in St. Louis. So, I'm pulling for Lance Lynn. He's one of my all-time favorites. One other guy, my last guy on my list of five players, is another former Cardinal. How about Marcelo Zuna? What's he look like now that he's got paid, now that there is no designated hitter in the National League? What's that look like this year for the Atlanta Braves? I'm very curious to see what his season is going to be. We're missing such an obvious one. Well, Nolan Arenado. Thank you. <laughs> but I was trying to get, expand the list a little bit from guys that we've talked so much about. Yeah. But yeah, he's um, the obvious one. I, you, you follow the guys that either leave via trade or they walk by free agency. It's just kind of natural. You want to see what those guys... And then if they have a great year, you go, wow, that should have happened here. What's going yeah, on? Then we grade the trades. Right. That's how we do it. Um, but yeah, those are some of the guys. Otani to me is so fascinating because he's back to throwing upper 90s and he's hitting the ball a ton. Now, you wonder if it's a byproduct, as you talked about yesterday, and rightfully so. Um, and that's what they talk about a lot of times down in spring training in Florida specifically because the weather can be really questionable with the winds. And sometimes you have a really hot spring, sometimes you don't. Ball jumps out of the ballpark, sometimes it doesn't. Wind blows in 25 miles an hour, guy hits one on the screws, and it goes nowhere. Um, and, and when you look at the minor leagues, when they because they play minor league baseball there, it's a tough place to hit. Um, I, I just, with Otani... With the thin air, sometimes in Arizona, sometimes guys have huge springs in Arizona and it doesn't carry over to the regular season. However, in reading what scouts are saying, and I scour this stuff, man, I read it all the time like you do. You're a crazy person. Yeah. Everybody I'm reading is saying the same thing, and it's whether it's in the organization or not. This guy's finally healthy. He's, He's back from the Tommy John. He's back to throwing hard. They talk about 
the fact that his arm, it, it, how they, it whips. So he's throwing upper 90s. So they're saying that this guy could be 25 to 30 home runs and win you 10 to 15 games. That's, I mean, think about the value in today's day and age of baseball, what that was worth. Holy smokes. That's what makes that pretty cool. It's amazing. It is. He's a unicorn. All right. So we're going to visit with uh, Mike Claiborne coming up. He's down in Jupiter, Florida. We'll get an update on coming to America, too, which is very important. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. This is hard-hitting sports talk between 10 and 11 on 101 ESPN. It's the Danny Mac Show with BK and Tanner's with us. And we go down to Florida. We go south to Jupiter, Florida, spring training home of the St. Louis Cardinals. And Mike Claiborne, the Cardinals announcer, is with us. And, Mike, I was saying I, I really have just one question. And, um, and, and if you want to answer this and then move on your merry way, that's fine. But, um, as I said, it's hard-hitting. Coming to America, yeah, too. I, I mean, you and I have been talking coming to America, too, for many years, waiting for this day, yeah. waiting for it to come out. Uh, have you had the pleasure to see it yet? And if so, you know your what? thoughts? I'm, I'm halfway through it. Uh, the barbershop scene was priceless. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm still waiting on a couple other things to materialize, but I'm halfway through it. And, and I'm mildly amused by it. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, any musical um, scenes yet? No, I haven't gotten to that part yet. That's that's. I think that'll be the deal sealer for me. Yeah, if they so if, once, if sexual chocolate makes I, it back, I'm in. Well, I, yeah, I think they are. From what I'm told. Okay, good. All right. From what I'm told, uh, they they are. So I mean, you you can't have a movie if you don't have that. If you don't have the barbershop and sexual chocolate, <laughs> you know. I mean, wh- what good is it? I mean, you know. I mean, I, I'd like to see how Randy Watson has been faring. I've been keeping track of his cousin Tony, a former major league pitcher. I don't know what team he's with now, but I know uh, I know he's been around. At least that was a rumor that he was r- related to Randy Watson. You, you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? He pitches so fine, wouldn't you agree? Would you agree? <laughs> 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 we probably just lost half the audience. Oh, no. I, you know I, what? I'm, I'm, I don't care, man. I'm just having a good time with my buddies. Man. Hey, I said it in the, uh, the first segment that there's, at times, because I love coming to America so much and you love it so much that – Every once in a while, slip in a line or two during the broadcast that is a line from Coming to America. And undoubtedly, my phone blows up immediately with either a text or a GIF from Mike Claiborne. And I know he's watching because he doesn't miss a game. And there There it is. Tony Watson coming in from the pen out of the Pittsburgh Pirate pen. He pitches so fine. (laughs) Wouldn't you agree? And the first time I did that, Al looked at me like I had eight heads. And you sent me the emoji of crying emoji. And that's all I needed. It was worth it. And I knew half the audience thought, what is Dan doing? This is not right. I didn't care. It was worth it. Anyway, um, I remember when it happened, and when you said it, I had somebody call me and say, hey, did McLaughlin just bring up Randy Watson? <laughs> you know, it was on after that, man. It, it was on. Hey, we, we do 162 of these. You got to keep it light every once in a while, exactly. you know? Exactly. Anyway, um, how's it going down in spring training? How, how, what, what do we got? What are the storylines? We're, well, you know, we're, almost, uh, we're almost going north. Yeah, you're right. The storylines are the pitching, which we all thought was going to be pretty good and be the key to the ball club, has not disappointed. They got off to a little bit of a rocky start. 
But since the first week, everybody has really found a niche. And when you think about, uh, you know, losing KK and Miles Michaels, we don't know when Michaels is coming back. Uh, KK has started to play catch, so maybe he might have a run down the stretch, but I don't expect him to open up with us. So here comes Daniel Ponce de Leon, Carlos Martinez, and John Gall- John Gamp. Carlos has been really good. He he got he got touched just a, a bit on Sunday, but after that he was dealing. Ponce was good, but he uses too many pitches in a short period of time. And I think he needs to ditch the curveball and start throwing a slider or something that's going to make somebody chase. And John Gant was really good on Monday. Uh, you know, John Gant's a battler, man. I mean, he had, uh, I think, 70 pitches in four innings or five innings. And he was, you know, he had one hiccup in the first inning. And after that, he was pretty good. So the pitching's been good. The bullpen has been solid. Alex Reyes has been the the star of the bullpen. And, and, you know, they talk about they're going to give him a try and get at least a hundred innings out of him. So Dan, I think that what I see in Alex Reyes is a guy who gives you three, innings. you know, maybe he backs up Wainwright or KK or somebody who can get to the fifth inning. And then he goes six, seven, and eight. Um, his stuff has really been good. Uh, his delivery is more deliberate. Uh, I thought last year he tried to rush it up there from time to time. And I thought he lost command, but he's been really good so far. He hasn't given up a run yet. So the pitching has been solid. <laughs> Uh, the corner infielders are everything they you hope for. The concern is Matt Carpenter because Tommy Edmond is playing out of his mind right now. I think he's really having a good spring, but Matt Carpenter hasn't been able to put much offense together. Uh, the outfield starting around in the shape, and if it's opening day, now we got a ways to go. But my outfield is O'Neill, Lane Thomas, and Dylan Carlson. You'd have Lane Thomas starting over Harrison Bader right now. Right now, Lane Thomas is one of the best players that they're running out there every day. Interesting. What have you seen that's changed from him this year? Well, you know, I think last year he was a victim of COVID, and he never recovered. Uh, You know, the year before he got hurt down the stretch, and we didn't have him in postseason, I thought he was a difference maker had he been on the roster. I just think he's healthy. I think he's matured. Uh, His his pitch selection has been better. Uh, One of the things I've noticed with guys this year, and I'll include Bader and O'Neill in this conversation, they're not trying to pull everything. You know, they're going the other way. <clears throat> they're doing things that, you know, you're supposed to do. And, you know, if you're a right-handed hitter, the old adage is, you know, don't have, you don't have to pull it, try and knock down the second baseman. Hit it toward him. Because all these guys are strong enough. And Bader, his success this year has been in power alleys. He's hitting a lot of doubles. And so he's cut down on his swing. Uh, the, the next step for both of them, is to be able to work a walk. And, you know, I think if they can get that under control, I think they're going to have a real impact. But Lane Thomas has been good from the day he got put out there. I I think the bench is going to be really interesting. I mean, Carpenter's going to make this team. I mean, he he makes a lot of money. He'd be your left-handed option, depending on what happens with Williams and his options situation. Uh, If he gets the fourth option, and and still haven't heard about that. I don't know if you have, Klaibs. No, I I, I talked to Mo the other day about it, and he was still waiting to get some sort of clearance on it. Yeah, it's one of the great mysteries of our universe. The option of Justin Williams. Baseball um, in 2021. Holy cow. You can just expand that. Just figure it out. Anyway, um, so I've got him, uh, uh, Carpenter making it, you know, you're going to give him a run. You're going to see what happens. Makes a lot of money. He's had a long history here. It is what it is. He's, he's a left-handed option off the bench. And when you look at the backup catcher, Kisner, because of 
uh, what's going on with uh, the, the AAA season being pushed back. And he's had a good camp. And then it gets really interesting. And the games that I've done, I love what I'm seeing out of John Nagowski. I love what I've seen out of Rondon, who's got some pop and not many people knew about him, but he's making an impression down there. You've got Amundo Sosa. Um, and you talked about the outfielders. So there, there's a it's, a it's a big grouping depending on how many pitches you want to take, but you might have a four-man bench. So I'm giving you some options there. How do you think this may play out? Well, I, I think Sosa makes it because he's out of options and he's probably got the best hands on the infield. Um, I don't think you need all those pitchers in the first month. You know, when you have so many off days, I think they have four off days in the month of April. Right, they do. So I, I, I think in that situation – now, the, on the other side of that coin, maybe you don't have guys that are stretched out enough and you might need an extra gun somewhere along the way. But if that's the case, then you just, you know, somebody has an algae, you go on the DL and you bring somebody up. Um, but I don't think you need that many guys. The, the question, and you touched on Carpenter, um, and I asked Mike Schilt this question the other day. I said, you know, w- what are you going to do with this guy? And he said, well, you know, if he's not going to start, he'll be the first lefty off the bench. I said, well, you know, he's used to getting four at-bats over the last couple of years, and it hasn't worked. He said, yeah, but remember this. When Edmund replaced him at third, that's what what his role was, and he came up with a couple of big hits down the stretch, which is great. And, and, you know, but I just think we're we're burning sage and doing everything else to try and and will this guy, you know, into a situation where he's going to be able to help us. You know, he's progressively gotten worse over the last four years. I mean, and it's just not – I just haven't seen it. You know, I want to see him do well because he's a Cardinal and he came through the organization and he gave him some good years early in his career. But I just haven't seen enough here that gives me an indication that he can be a big contributor. Now, that could all turn around with the right right hander on the mound. Who knows? But they're getting him out with the same thing, Dan. And BK, I mean, they throw him high fastballs that he can't catch up to. And then when they throw him something low in the zone, he pops it up because he drops his back shoulder. And he looks at, he still looks at a lot of pitches, but those pitches that he looks at now, they're calling strikes and he doesn't have an answer for it because he doesn't pull the trigger. We're talking to Mike Claiborne, Cardinals broadcaster here on 101 ESPN. Claves, the problem is, what do you do? You know, because he's got the $18 million that's coming his way no matter what. And so. I understand. I'm with you, man. I'd, I'd love to see him perform well. I, I'm not really expecting that. Like, if I had to put a bet down, I wouldn't bet on it. But I also kind of get where the Cardinals are coming from, where, I mean, what what are our options here? He's $18 million, and we got to yeah. play him at some point. Well, I, I think you can ride this for a while. I don't think you have to make an urgent decision coming out of spring training. Um, you know, you might find some opportunities for him to do something. I don't think it's an issue you have to address until you probably get into June uh, or Flag Day. And, and I'd give it to Flag Day. And if if you don't have anything cooking by then, you A, you're going to probably be exposed by then, and B, you're going to lose confidence. They're going to lose the confidence in him in the second place. And C, there may be somebody out there that you might be able to get that somebody else can't hold on to for one reason or another. Uh, but I, I think you've got to go that route uh, because you don't have anything in the farm system that's even close. I know everybody is, you know, lathered up about Nolan Gorman, but he's a year, maybe a year and a half away from getting to the big leagues. And when you look at the other left-handed bats, you've got two guys in Carlson and Edmund that have a combined maybe a little over a year and a half's worth of major league experience as switch hitters. 
not bona fide left-handed sole left-handed hitters. Other than that, you don't really have anything. So you may have to look outside the organization just to find some protection. And, and you know, so unfortunate when you look back on this offseason and you look at a guy like Michael Brantley, who would have been perfect for this order. I mean, perfect. Uh, and I know he costs a little money, but think about all the money coming off the books next year. Uh, so, you know, you got some you got some work to do, but I don't think you have to be urgent about this until flag that. It's been interesting how the Cardinals have, have been using their time on the backfields more and more this year, maybe out of necessity because of the lack of games and the lack of time to get ready for all these guys. Um, and, you know, you're, you're just trying to figure out how your, your rotation is going to get set. Have you had a chance to watch Flaherty much? I know he pitched on the backfields yesterday, and, and you have a good relationship with Jack. Yeah. And, you know, how, how are things yeah, going he, for him? He, you know what? He's made a couple of mechanical adjustments, and he's Jack. <laughs> he's the guy we, that's close to being what we saw in that second half. Um, and you know, I, I was talking to him about what's he trying to do. He said, I'm looking for reaction on how hitters look at some of the pitches I'm throwing. And I adjust accordingly, you know, and fortunately he's facing some guys who are giving him some pointers on what he's doing. Uh, I'm not worried about him. I, I think if Flaherty does one thing, he tries too hard sometimes. And, you know, maybe he squeezes it just a little too much. Uh, he tries to be a little too fine. And what happens, and this is where Wayno has been so good, you know, you're trying to strike everybody out, and all of a sudden you run it full, or a guy files off three or four pitches, and the next thing you know it's a 12-pitch at bat, and all of a sudden you got 60 pitches on your arm, and you, you aren't even out of the fourth inning. So you got to be more conscious of that. So let them chase it. Make them swing at some things. Let them get themselves out. Everything doesn't have to be a strikeout, and I think he's learning that. And that's what's made Wainwright so dominating down here. You know, he's, he, you know he can get the strikeout, but he prefers the ground ball. Uh, there have been few balls that have been squared up on him in the spring. And Dan and BK, you just don't see that a lot. Yeah. Well, I take that back. I saw Max Scherzer do it hmm. the other day. I mean, oh, my goodness. I mean, he was in there. We've seen him, I think, twice now or maybe three times. And he's the same guy every time out. Seven strikeouts, four innings, hitting 96 on the gun. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. That'll play. Let me run this by you. And, and we've been playing with this. I've been. I yes, Claves. Yes, do it. Guys. Yes, let's do it. They're uh, out of the race trade <laughs> deadline. Let's go get them. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, you, you, don't you make a run at him? Yes. And, and, you know, now, granted, Washington's a good team, okay? I'm not, you know, they, they may not raise a white flag and surrender because they got enough weapons in their in their nine i don't know about their bench uh and they've got a pretty good rotation so i'm 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 doing more wishful thinking than i am anything else that's what we do but, it's okay you know, <laughs> but but here's here's why i think you got to take a look at it they got to start paying some guys after this year that's right i mean they got to pay trey turner do they really want to take a chance on going to arbitration with soto here in the next year i mean with with the kind of money that he can make so, I mean, and they've got another guy that they've got to re-sign, too. I can't think of him off the top of my head. So he may be, in the, he may be expendable because they've got some other pitchers that they can rely on. Um, you know, I think Strasburg's deal kicks in this year also. So, 
you know, they may look around and, and, you know, the Cardinals have some prospects that they might be interested in, but you know, that's so far down the road, but okay. So I'm glad to see you guys are on the same page. I am on that. Oh yeah. I've been thinking about this for two years, so don't worry about it. I'm already on it. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Which wishful thinking you bet. That's what yeah, we do. Let's bring him home. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Whether it be at the trade deadline or in the off season, if you want to take a one year deal, I'm all here for it. Claves. I had one more question for you because there's been one guy that has been the talk of camp. Another guy that I think has gone a little under the radar that I wanted to ask you about. What have you seen from Tyler O'Neill in this camp that has kind of clicked for him? And the hell's going on with Paul DeYoung? What can you tell us about his lack of offensive performance two, thus two far? Two very camp? good questions. Well, let's start with O'Neill. No, let's start with DeYoung. Um, DeYoung, is, is, they're getting him out on high fastballs. He, he's not catching up to it. Uh, I, I call it giving away at bats. I mean, it's over quickly with him. Uh, he's not using the whole field. He's trying to pull everything. And he, he just doesn't seem like he's locked in like we saw him a couple of years ago. Now, the question is, and maybe it's a concern, I'm not seeing anything different in the spring than I saw last year. And I'm not seeing anything from the spring in last year that I didn't see in his all-star year, uh, that second half of the season. So I don't know what adjustments he's making. But it is a concern for me. Now, I, I think, you know, players and managers and coaches, they they are a lot more optimistic because they, they see a guy more and they, they know their makeup and, you know, that's just what they do. But right now it just hasn't looked good, you know, in the spring. Now, you know, he might get hot. We've seen him. He's a streaky guy. And he might get hot at the beginning of the year, or you know, but right now he, he he's not there. With, with Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill is not getting himself out as much. And what I mean by that, he used to chase sliders. He chased curveballs. He chased a high fastball. Now he's laying off that pitch and he's not trying to pull it. He hit an opposite field home run the other day uh, with authority and the wind wasn't blowing out. Uh, he hit a double off of Scherzer the other day. I think it was a breaking ball he hit. Uh, he went the other way. He's using the whole field, and here's how I look at it, Tyler O'Neill. He doesn't walk a lot, okay? If he can get some walks to his credit, then he can be even more effective because he's a very fast base runner. But the other thing is this. If he allows a guy to get him out compared to getting himself out, and what I mean by that, if a guy throws a good cutter, a good slider, he catches a black, and he, and he gets punched out, then so be it. Because he can't handle that pitch anyway if he gets a swing at it. So he's got to swing at things that are closer to a zone where he can handle it. And I think he's learning that discipline he's got to have. And the fact that he too, like I mentioned with Bader is going the other way and going up the middle and going into the right center field power alley makes him a viable threat. And we know he's got power. I mean, he's a little taller than what he was last year, but it doesn't seem like it's affected his power. Hey, Mike, thanks a lot for doing this. I uh, I want to ask you this final question before we let you go. It was written by uh, Rick Hummel in the Post-Dispatch, so now it is public knowledge that uh, Mike Shannon um, was hit with COVID-19 during the, the offseason and was hit hard. And I know you're very, very close with Mike, and we all love Mike. How's he doing? Uh, how are things going down in spring training for Mike Shannon? He's hanging in there. He's battling. Um, it, it's it's a, it, The recovery process is a slow one. But, you know, every day I'm with Mike, he, he feels better than he did the day before. Um, you know, the, the COVID comes in a lot of different ways where it wears you down physically. 
Um, it puts you in an awkward situation where things just don't readily come available to you like they once did. And whether you're 81 or 51 or 31, you know, COVID deals with people differently. But you know what? He's a battler, man. He's Mike Shannon. You, you know, uh, I'm sure when COVID hit Mike, they said, whoa, normally we take guys like this out. And Mike said, not me, big boy. You know, so <laughs> I, I think that in his case, he's hanging in there. I want him to kind of, you know, slow it down. And he is slowing it down a little bit because he knows he's still in the recovery mode. But uh, I'm looking forward to having him around as much as possible this year. Uh, I know he's looking forward to it as well. And, you know, Dan, you know him as well as me. And, and the impact he's had on our careers, not only as broadcasters, but as friends and mentors uh, and what he's meant to us. And I'm looking forward to him just having a great 50th year behind the microphone. And I think he'll get there. Uh, we, we may get there a little slower initially, but we're going to get there. Yeah, it's so well put. And I can't wait to see him on opening day and can't wait to see you, man. Miss seeing you down in spring training. And, I uh, know, man. You know. I know. We, I, I miss you, man. I mean, I was talking to uh, somebody uh, the other day, and I said, man, you know, it's something missing. And I realized it was you folks, who, who people who don't know, Danny Mack works harder than anyone in spring training. He does a lot of things behind the scenes, and he's there first in the morning and last to leave in the evening. Um, he comes out of his little office he's got down there, and, and nobody puts more work in that he does, and I think the results show in all the things you see at the ballpark. And, man, I appreciate what you do, but I do miss you, and I can't wait to see you on opening day. Clay, you might think that it's not happening now, but this this gentleman just told me he was up till 3, 4 a.m. last night, so he's doing the same thing that's here. <laughs> well, that's because my dog. I mean, he... my, my dog was up last night. That was the only reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. All right. No, Cardinals, you know what? Cardinals and Cardinal fans get their money's worth out of this guy. Uh, we're, we're very fortunate lying. to have him be part of our team. I feel the same way about you, Clabes. Thanks so much, buddy. Thanks right, for doing this. You guys have a great day. Stay safe, man. I'll see you guys soon. You got best it. Man. That's awesome having Claves on. I love it. He's one of my best friends in the world. I talk to Claves. <laughs> That's the best part is when we get Claves on. Um, these are kind of the conversations that we have every day. Yeah. It's just that was a little peek behind the curtain. But normally there are a lot of things that we sure some yeah, words yeah, that maybe we can't just say on the I, I we're like what in the bleep 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 <laughs> i think the thing that uh a lot of fans he don't is great he's see, great that i wish they Love could him. see dan is the way that whether it be you or, or really just the media in general right like this is the peeking behind the curtain for a minute going to games the best part for us is not going to the game anymore and watching the game it's being able to see all your buddies that are there with you yep. covering the game. And that's what the last year, it, it's been the worst part for me. Me too. And I would imagine for you as well of not being able to go anymore. Like when I would, I used to cover Mizzou on a daily basis. I mean, guys like Gabe DeArmond, like the, those were my boys that were there. Yep. And we would see each other and give each other crap just like you and Klaibs do every day. Uh, in Kansas City, I would see guys like Therese Paler every day and we'd give each other crap and everything. That's the stuff that you miss. Every home game. You know what we do? We have dinner with Mike Shannon in the radio booth. Now, you talk about an event. That's an event every night. And Mike is holding court. Mm -hmm. And we just throw out, uh, oh, hey, Mike, I'm just looking at the TV right now. Uh, ESPN, Mike, let me tell you about (laughs) it. And he just started going wild. And we started laughing. And he's got stories for days. And when McCarver was with me, same thing. I mean, you, you just, that's what I miss 
I miss the games. I miss the fans. Don't sure. get me wrong. I mean, the atmosphere of a ballpark and the smells of the ballpark and the things that we've all talked about for the last year, you miss those, clearly. It's about the fans. The fans are why we do this. But, man, you miss the interaction of being able to see these guys and to to hear the stories. That's what makes the Cardinal – it just – I almost get teary-eyed thinking about it. That's what made Cardinal, Cardinals baseball so much fun for me is doing that. And they pay me to do this? Are you kidding me? It, it's the best, you yeah. know. And uh, that's why I was I was glad that Mike came out, by the way, with that article um, over the weekend. I, I had known about this for, for quite some time, and it's important that people know about it. And, yeah, it's been a struggle. Uh, it's been hard. He was hit hard with it. But um, as Mike Claiborne said, I think he put it perfectly. COVID hits Mike Shannon, and they go, what? This guy? You know what I mean? He has been through so much physically in his life for a long, long time. And uh, and Mike Shannon's been very influential and great. Just great not only in the business, but just away from the microphone and in life. So I can't wait to see him when we get back. So really looking forward to it. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we're late to a break, and then Tanner's got a very important Sports Center update, and he's trying not to smile you better smile, Tanner. You didn't even say hi to me this morning. My you, bad. You didn't even say hi after I complimented you all day yesterday. What's wrong with this guy today? Uh, you know, he he's a hard worker. He me. is. He's and awesome. sometimes when we get off clock, we make his job a little bit more difficult. I know. So how about this, Dan? In the next segment, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Let's yeah. take some questions from the listeners. If you got a question for Dan, it's St. Patrick's Day. He's and an Irishman. You. If you got a question for Dan or myself, if you want to go that route, you don't. If you got a question for Dan, <laughs> we'll get into some of those coming up next on the Dean Mac Show and ESPN. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Six five seven eight zero is the Air Comfort Service text line. I wanted to get some questions for Danny Mac and myself, but let's be honest, Danny Mac here at the end of the oh, Danny stop. Mac Show with BK. Uh, let's start with this one from the three one four. Danny Mac, what's your beverage of choice for St. Patrick's Day? Well, considering that I'm very careful about what I put in my body, it's a water. It is. I, it's, I, I'll put green dye in it. Uh-huh. But but at, um, for St. Patty's Day, this is like big for my mom, man. I mean, we're, I mean, McLaughlin, we're pretty Irish, you know. From what I understand, your brother is very much in on this. Oh, he's big time. <laughs> so he's probably already got it going with the corned beef and the cabbage and everything. I can't eat that stuff, man. I don't know. How about a steak? (laughs) I'm not going to get all into this. What about you? Uh, So, I mean, typically a beer of any kind would be my go-to. We went out to Dogtown. We went to my favorite brewery over the weekend. We were at Heavy Riff right over there. Um, I got a... Uh, pastrami sandwich, which was fantastic. Ooh, that sounds good. Um, so went with one of those to celebrate the occasion a little bit early because we are busy during the week, Dan. So that's kind of my go-to. Yeah. Um, but I'm I, Italian, so it's a little different for me. This, yeah. is a, this, is, this is your holiday, not mine. So Kylie is <laughs> Italian. So Kylie, it, it... Somewhat Italian. Long story short, almost zero Italian in that. But you have Italian blood. But I am like six, 70% Italian. Okay. Um, Bonavita, Genova, those are the other maiden names that you I could have gone Vitaly with. You would be perfect together. <laughs> yeah. But here we are with Kylie, yeah. Yes, uh, I get it. Uh, let's see, do you think Matthew Libertor is ready for the big club as we start the season? No, I do not. I, I've seen enough of him already in spring. I've seen twice where I've seen flashes of, oh, that's going to play in the big leagues and it's going to play for a long time. I just don't see the consistency. He needs seasoning is the best way I can put it. 
need some seasoning, and I think that would be the best way to put it for him. Let him go down to the minor leagues, and if you need some help later in the season, he's the guy. Uh, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line from the 513. Guys, since you all mentioned the smells, which ballpark food is your favorite besides hot dogs? I was going to say a hot dog. It's got to be a hot dog. If not, I'm going nachos. Nachos if, and cheese. If we're going Bush Stadium, my fiance would say the Chinese food would be her go-to there. That's right outside our booth, too. Ooh, that's tough for you. Yeah, it's really tough. I can't do it, man. On a hot summer day, it's, it's like 105 too. degrees, and I'm just like drenched in sweat in this fourth inning, and Kara's like, hey, let's go get some Chinese food. I'm like, no. no. That sounds awful right now. So I'd go nachos as well, but you got to load those things up with the jalapenos. You know who always would have a ballpark hot dog before a game is Tim McCarver. He loved a hot dog before a game. Mr. You know, I've got to go to the finest restaurants mm-hmm. and drink the finest wine and he'd do all this stuff. He would do that. And Tim would say, I need a hot dog. <laughs> Get the mustard. Yeah, I got to have a hot dog and mustard. He always wanted a hot dog before a game. Uh, he, from the, the 314, Dan, what is your favorite city to travel to whenever you're on the road with the Cardinals during the year? We talked well, about this a little during the break as well. Give me Chicago in the middle of the summer on not a really steamy day, but and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have done this, like maybe May, June, and you get that low to mid-80s little breeze off the lake. The Friday afternoon in Chicago. Ooh, Cubs, Cardinals. Boy, I missed that. We're going to get there. Do you give me that? That's pretty darn good. What's your favorite city to travel to? Like just for vacation, for getting the baseball side of things. If if you had to say one spot where if you could take a family, if you're going on a trip on your own, where's your spot that you're going? I'm a big uh, San Francisco guy. I like Francisco because I like golf a lot. It's chilly. It depends when you go. Yeah. So if you go later in the summer, it's a little warm. And you can go play some great golf courses. They got oh, great, there we go. great restaurants, you know. But I don't like it for a long time. Now, if I really want to have fun, minus the family, we're going to Vegas, okay? And then we, we, we can get in some good debauchery. Are you? I, a, can I say that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think it's recommended that you we, say that. We can that, do a little gambling. We can play some golf. We can have some fun with the boys. That's are, fun. Are you a Pebble Beach guy? Is that is that where you're going around I've never that play, I've, all, yeah, I've never played Pebble Beach. Really? I've played all the different ones. My kids have played it, those little rascals, but I've never played Pebble Beach. Of all those places, I get, I don't get to do that. One thing, one of my favorite road trips we ever did whenever I was a kid, we we flew out to L.A. and then we drove up the coast yeah. on, on the 101. Absolutely incredible. Highly recommend it to anybody. Um, going up the coast is just incredible. You'll appreciate this, BK. I love going to Kansas City for a weekend series with the Cardinals. I love it. There are, oh, look at Tanner. He's trying not to laugh. You said it, not me. The Cardinal fans that are there because they will load up the stadium, especially when the Royals are down. You get a big Cardinal crowd. Oh, yeah. You walk, uh, you know, down in the plaza and there's Cardinal fans everywhere. It used to infuriate me as I'm a kid sure growing up where you're like, I'm going to the games and I'm one of five people with the blue shirt on. And everybody I'm else sure ran. it did, but that's a fun place to go. It's fun. So it's there's a bunch of play. New York's a fun place. Um, just, I just miss being on the road. I miss being, you know, at these ballparks, and uh, hopefully we get back to it this year at some point. Absolutely. This is a fun show, buddy. It's been good. Uh, coming up today on BK and Ferrario, we've got Pierre Maguire coming up at noon. Chris Thorburn, former Blues forward, going to join us at 1230, and we'll kick things off talking about the Blues finally getting healthy. Excited to talk with Alex Ferrario, who I know is looking forward to to uh, a real Blues hockey team getting back on the ice. It'll be an 8 uh, eight o'clock pregame tonight, Blues and Kings.
beings. You've been listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.